Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal. We back. It's been a, been a while. It's been a minute. So first uh, announcement I have is if did you guys listen to my new music? I have Ina Klein the new music. No. Did I the album was that the album that you sent? Yeah, the Blue and Gold days via text message. I think I sent it via iMessage. Did I get it? I would love to listen to it. I probably sent an awesome GIF in response. You did. You sent. It looks like it's Norm from Cheers. Did I really? Mm-hmm. I didn't. No, that was that. the one right before it. Mm. I would love. Can you send it again? Sure. I can't find it. Um, I really like the song. Is it their song called Blue and Gold Days? Yeah. That and that's the one you wrote from the conversation. With... That one I wrote at the end of the school year of 2021. Okay, I'm thinking of a different story then. It's a good well, song though. It's a cool song. Was I your inspiration for the album or? <laughs> <laughs> Answer it. Answer the question. Um, okay, nice. Nice. Your your original album is the only music that I actually have saved on my iPhone. <laughs> really? I don't know how that happened, but every time I get in my car, if my radio's on, you serious? My, it starts playing. It starts playing. That's yep. cool. I know, like, I'm a huge fan. I know all your songs. <laughs> all my song. Yeah, from from your first album. I will definitely. Yeah, so anyway, people that. can check that out. It's going to come out on the streaming stuff November second. But where can they up. find it right now? On Bandcamp. Well, on Megan Bandcamp. will put the link. She has it. But well, Thank thanks you, for Megan. being on the podcast today. <laughs> where can people go to learn more about your work where can they find you so stop listening to this episode and go listen to that mm-hmm. but then come back if you want okay welcome back welcome back all right good hey also while we're just talking business here um yeah shout out to how cool megan and joe Ulrich are mm-hmm. but i feel like we need to start referencing in the podcast um in real time to to megan even though i don't know if we should you know this is a little bit behind the veil but she's not actually here on this call but i think we just need to say things like hey megan can you check that Mm -hmm. can you look that up i like Mm -hmm. that yeah yeah should we run that by her before we start doing that i don't think so i don't think (laughs) megan Yeah, could you uh, <coughs> give me a cup of coffee, please? <laughs> so both of y'all got to visit with her, though. She came. Oh, that's through right. She didn't come through. She didn't come through your life. Yeah, and then through Chicago. Through. I yes, thank you, thank you for that. We went. Reminder. She and Joe took me to Second City, which I'd never. I've been a Chicagoan my whole life, and I've never been once to Second City. That's so cool. Yeah, it was pretty How- cool. It was the. I, one of the reasons I've stayed away is because I I hear it's just filthy, you know, the shows they do, the improv mm-hmm. and everything. It's just so so 
unnecessarily crude, but um, these were good. It was a it was called the ten dollar comedy show, and it's ten dollars to get in. And there's like two stand up acts and an improv thing, and a, I don't know if it was like forty five minutes or an hour. Wow, but it was good. That's awesome. I laughed. <laughs> I laughed at least once. I did that. Well, actually, they, <laughs> the Uber driver on the way back asked if it was a good show, and I said I laughed a couple times, and then Megan and Joe were all on my back because they said I was laughing the whole time, but whatever. <laughs> Down, who downplays their own laughs? <laughs> who does that? I laugh, well, especially when I'm watching something with other people in public. Like I also have this desire for the person up there to be doing well. Uh-huh. You know, so I think some of the laughing, and that probably happens in most crowd situations. Where you pay to go see comedy, you're rooting for it to be funny. Yeah. I never thought about that. Hmm. One, so that they do well, which makes it funnier. But then two, so that you also feel like, man, I really laughed a lot. Mm-hmm. You're just huh. a realist. I don't want to know that. I don't want to think about if I do that. <laughs> I'm never laughing again. That's intriguing. I'd have to think on that more because hmm, I've never thought about it. But... I feel like I would be the opposite. Like, if you paid the money, then you'd be being like, this better would, make me laugh spontaneously. Yeah. I'm not helping almost, you. I'm not helping you at all make me laugh. I don't want to help the person make me laugh. It's probably, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing about a person, my personality or not, but <laughs> yeah. it hey, is my inclination. Insist on authenticity. Well, Norm MacDonald said that uh, he did not ever like when people would clap at his comedy shows. You know, like you get those applause breaks sometimes when people really mm-hmm. like the joke because clapping is a reaction that you choose because you're saying, I agree with what you're saying. I, I like it. That was good. Yeah. But laughing, you can't control it. You can't fake it's laughter. <laughs> you just it's because that thing was objectively funny. You just said and I just responded. And he said the best jokes and Norma has some of these where people don't laugh. There's just this <laughs> total silence, not the silence of like that wasn't funny, but the silence of like what did he just say? <laughs> so that was the ultimate when you could get people to do that. Cause that's a totally unscripted and spontaneous response. Like yeah. You're, I'm, you're so like quizzical about what you just said that it's like, I don't even know what to do. Hopefully. Well, I wouldn't say that I've had any of those in my homilies, but have y'all ever had any bombs <laughs> Where you try to tell a joke in the homily or try to be funny. And it doesn't go well. You look up and you're like, whew. Yeah. That, I don't even think people sense that was a joke. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the worst. That was. That's why I, I so rarely, I, I can't remember the last time that I actually tried to make a joke. Sometimes if they're just like off the cuff, something like that's kind of funny, I'll say it. And usually that'll get a chuckle, but not. I, I don't get ready for my joke, everybody. I don't tell very many <laughs> jokes. Yeah. I did have that happen one time that it still perplexes me because it was only at one mass. I don't know if you guys have had this, but it it only bombed at one of the several masses. Hmm. And hmm. I told... Um, was it the 5 p.m. Saturday mass? <clears throat> That's where remember. my jokes would fall the flattest. I don't or remember, any actually. reaction, like no... Just nobody's even looking. Everybody's just reading the bulletin or the envelope <laughs> or something. Like, no, nobody, this is the box check mask mask for sure. Um, but I I will whenever my my thing on the when I try to explain the baptism of Jesus. So I think it was I don't know it must have been the gospel or or something. But um, but I always tell the Chuck Norris joke 
that like when Chuck mm-hmm. Norris falls into water, he doesn't the water he doesn't get wet, the water gets chucked. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's like an explanation of like Jesus didn't need to be baptized, but he mm-hmm. was baptized in order to sanctify the waters themselves and yeah. All of that. But I usually start that I've given it a couple of times and I'll start it with like two or three Chuck Norris jokes, which are mm-hmm. hilarious, objectively, yeah. people. Okay. And it was interesting. I don't I don't remember what mass now it was. And the other ones got laughs and it was silent. <laughs> one of the masses. Wait, did you <laughs> tell like, several Chuck Norris jokes and all of them got no reaction? Or did you tell <laughs> one and then nothing. Go flat no, and just, I, uh, it was at least three Chuck Norris jokes. You kept going even after people were like not interested? What am I supposed to do? <laughs> like I have a homily written and like I just tell one Chuck Norris joke. I don't know if that's you guys, but as soon as something bombs, I I'm like, okay, face. let's get this thing over with yeah. now. So the Double idea down. of like going off the script, like going off the script and trying to save it, that's not you do you, oh, wow. but that's not me, Did, man. You doubled down. Do you remember it. any of the other Chuck Norris jokes just for? Um, mm, I don't remember the ones I, I shared. What are some of my favorite Chuck Norris jokes ever? Um, I mean, they he had the one of, you know, the boogeyman checks his bed for Chuck, checks under his bed for Chuck Norris. <laughs> uh, those got really big when we were in high school. Yeah, and I agree. That's, that's when they I were some of the first it. ones where I was like, that's yeah. like the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I just, nobody had ever made a joke like that before. Um, yeah. Isn't there one that says, uh, like, God said, let there be light, and Chuck Norris said, say please? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's very irreverent. <laughs> it is irreverent. It is. I don't. Was that the that. one that you shared in the homily, and people were like, mm-hmm. <laughs> "I don't like this guy." Mm, nope. I don't yeah. like the way nope, he talks. Nope. I am not gonna encourage you with my laughs. I got a big <laughs> laugh. Um, <clears throat> so I did a par- or like a diocesan mission up in Kalamazoo Diocese for the Eucharistic preaching revival. Yeah, and. Uh, that was great. I talked to the priests and deacons for two days and then um, this conference that they had on Saturday for lay people from all over the diocese, lay leaders. Um, it was really great. But on Friday, <clears throat> so Wednesday, Thursday was the priest convocation. Then Friday was kind of a free day. I said mass at a high school um, and did a Eucharistic procession with them. But then the rest of the day I was free. So um, and I told this story, this what I'm about to tell you on Saturday and I got a big laugh. Uh, which is why I'm telling it now. But I went just like walking around the, <laughs> the town. And, just deleted uh, for that. It was insane. Yeah. <laughs> this is the story that I told that got a laugh. And this <laughs> is I, the story I'm going to tell you now. So we go. <laughs> Are you ready? That was a Three, weird, happy moment. One. Okay, I was walking down the street in Kalamazoo. And uh, there was some area. So I, was, I went and got a coffee. I looked because I don't have a smartphone. I looked in advance of where the coffee shops were, if anything was open and whatnot. So <clears throat> I did that, got my coffee. It was warmer than I uh, anticipated. So I'm like carrying my fleece and carrying my coffee and just walking around town, just soaking in Kalamazoo. I'd never been there. And there's like a downtown area, a little downtown area with like a pedestrian mall and little shops and taverns and what have you. And I got to one spot and I was kind of like trying to do a lap and see like which were the interesting streets to walk down uh, on my way from the cathedral back to the cathedral. And I was praying the rosary too uh, for part of it. And 
there was this one walkway like behind all the restaurants and stuff that was like, oh, that's where there's seating in the back. You know, it's kind of an alley. It butts up to a baseball field. It was a pleasant little walking thing. And I'm walking back there uh, past the people like at their tables and whatnot. And this Friday evening, a bunch of people out. And out of this tavern, the back door of this tavern, these dudes like bust out of the, the back door and they're like walking past me and they almost bump into me and they walk, they're like walking to the parking lot or whatever to get to their truck. And they're two dudes like neon yellow, dirty shirts from their work. They're contractors. I'm sure we're on some kind of lift or working a jackhammer or at some point that day. And they were like six beers deep, very, very intoxicated, not very intoxicated, but very inebriated. And this dude almost hits me like walking so fast. I'm like, Hey, what's up, man? And he just looks at me in my clerics and he literally goes like, he looks me up and down, ponytail, dirty shirt, and just goes, <laughs> how's Mormonism treating you? <laughs> and then laughs at me and him and his buddy laugh and walk to their truck. And look at me again. <laughs> dude, you got so burned. I was so <laughs> mad, dude. <laughs> I was really irritated. <laughs> that is so funny. Because then, in my own, oh my gosh, dude, my own interior monologue, like as I'm ta- like <laughs> stewing about it, and then like, okay, God, what's going on here? Because I'm like, I'm not a Mormon. I'm like, the, the whole thing was just like feeling misunderstood, but also like <laughs> these guys are like they're getting off work. These are manly dudes that work a job, and I'm just some <laughs> dude carrying a fleece and an empty coffee cup walking and I'm literally that night I was going to go to the cathedral organ concert with the pastor you know (laughs) (laughs) not not the funnest most like burly dude thing to do at the end of a work week um but all those insecurities and and stuff like came in and I'm just like actually dude they are not having more fun than me Mm. you know what I mean like I am living and not that it's a comparison thing or that that was my consolation was like, I'm a better person than them. It's just like, I don't actually envy their life. Yeah. Um, but there's part of me that's like that, that narrative comes in like, yeah, what am I doing? Like, I'm like this weird religious person walking around, like peering into people's lives. And, uh, these guys are actually living, you know, they're having beers and being bros. Um, but no, like, I don't want to wake up hungover and like they're, I, that's also the fallacy, like the Plato levels that he talks about in the Republic of the uh, the man who lives for his appetites versus the man who lives for money versus the man who lives for honor versus a man who lives for truth. You know, the man who lives for truth knows what it is to enjoy all these other goods of like a good reputation, people thinking you're great or having a lot of money or simply like spending all your money on whatever feels good right now. Pleasure. And he sacrificed all of those for the truth, for the, like the highest good. And the ones, the ones at the other level look at that guy and they're like, you're an idiot. Why don't, why aren't you drunk right now? Being drunk is the best thing. Or the, the person whose life is all about money is like, what the hell are you doing? Like sacrificing money so that people think you're a good person. That's so stupid. You could have all this money and then be happy. And that person who is enjoying honor is like, you don't understand because you've never tasted it. And, uh, that's where that the devil will creep in and be like, yeah, no one understands you because you're, you're dumb for choosing this, you know? Um, 
but I related it to God, got through it. And as I told the story the next day, I got a huge laugh. So who's <laughs> laughing now, bro? Dude, I am. That's such a funny story. Um, Hey, by the way, is my camera frozen? Is it working? It is. Yeah, but I can still hear you. I know. I can hear you guys, but y'all are frozen. Hmm. My camera is blinking in and out. Your your uh, internet is a bit slow, I think. Huh. Dang it. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Who knows, though? This app, it might be recording it all locally, and then maybe it'll integrate it all. Yeah, for the viewers that's happened before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, no just what? <clears throat> he just saw you, and in his mind, it just went religion. I know. That's the crazy thing is like Mormons have a uniform and they're always in pairs. Yeah, they do. have, And they don't drink caffeine. Like there were so many clues, man. Context. (laughs) Context, bro. What did he say? How is Mormonism treating? Treating it. But the first thing was the. (laughs) Right in my face. Gosh. That's it was crazy. It's one of the most insane things that's ever happened to me. Wow. Um. I have a, a, a funny, humbling story as well. Sorry. You got something, Rob? No, go ahead. Well, this one, it's not as dramatic, but it was it was definitely well needed and probably well earned. Um, I, I finished up masses this past weekend. And actually, this lady is like an awesome saintly lady. And I, I've actually really grown to in, enjoy spending time with her. But um, she comes up to me after one of the masses and in my head, I'm like, holy cow, uh, Mike, you just crushed it. Like you just knocked that out of the park. Just the high, on, high on the hog. Oh yeah. <clears throat> and just the whole mass and everybody's feeling it. And you know, you're, uh, it's just a beautiful mass. They're chanting and your if, name. Oh man. <laughs> so they're picking me up. They're carrying me out. Okay. I'm crowd surfing. <laughs> like Rudy. Yeah. No, in my head, that's what was happening. In reality, I was like limping down the middle aisle. And, With your boot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my boot, my stupid crutches. And I'm like, ah, I, I hate this. Were you crutching out you... of mass? Do you... Oh, oh, I use crutches right? in, mag- in mass, yeah. Um, <laughs> this might have been an offer that you told, that. told us that you blew your Achilles out. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did do that. So, But I was unfazed by it because I preached this insane homily. And a lady comes over and affirms it. <laughs> And so I'm unfazed. I'm pumped in my own head because I had a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And she goes, wow, Father Mike, that was an amazing homily. You need to put your homilies on YouTube so that when we're not here, we can listen to them. And I'm like, oh, yeah, tell me something I don't know. That's what I'm talking about. And she goes, she goes, yeah, because you said super duper five times in this homily and we want to play a drinking game when we're not here. Oh, <laughs> like, no. Oh, Whoa. no. Oh, oh no. That took a turn. It did take a turn. I was like, like well, thanks for that. So, uh, oh my God. great. Dude. I didn't even know that I said super duper, but I'm glad that you can make a drinking game out of it and you're thinking about yeah, yeah. that as I'm preaching. Right. So... That was a that was a nice like this needs to be on YouTube so that we can watch it at home because we can't play the drinking game in church. Right. So that I can so that I can watch you and drink while Mm -hmm. you preach (laughs) because that's what your homilies make me want to do. And I'm like, is it super duper five times, man? I I didn't even know that, man. 
I had no idea. Which, by the way, it's not. That's not even good. That's not even a good number for a drinking game. I don't think. Underwhelming. Yeah. Under, but she really set it up, and then it was like, whoop. Yeah. That was a (laughs) one eighty. Yo. But look who's laughing now. You know. I have no humbling stories to share. (laughs) That's the biggest laugh that I ever got in a homily, and I swear this this was like. One of those moments that I'm sure anybody who's like really pursued stand-up comedy has had a moment where they've gotten this kind of laugh and it's so addictive. Like it was an insane rush. And I didn't even see it coming because that was just a story, like the Mormonism thing. But maybe I've told you guys this. I, I don't think I've said it on the cast, but there was this guy, God rest his soul, Tony Napolitano, who... And another thing. All right. We'll see if we can stitch these together. Am I coming through my microphone or the computer? Can you tell? You sound good. Yeah, I think you're okay. Me? Yeah, you're good. Um, I I cut out right before you were talking about this uh, stand-up comedy-like experience. Oh, yeah. So, Tony. So, basically, Tony was dying, and um, we used to go to visit him a lot. And he was dying of cancer, and it was also COVID, so there was just a lot of touch and go he really wanted to receive communion on a regular basis and um but you know he had quarantine and he was kind of worried about getting sick and um but then finally he was we were able to be together quite a bit at the end and um he it's like the two weeks before he died he's laying in bed and i go see him and his wife is in the other room and um we're talking for a while and just chatting and blah 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 I was there for maybe 45 minutes. And then I was like, all right, Tony, I got to get going. Um, and he says, wait, father, hold on. And he gets up out of bed and he's in tidy whities and he's just cancer skinny, you know, like no, no meat on him whatsoever. And he starts walking over to his dresser and he takes out a wad of cash and thumbs me $40. And I said, Tony, you really didn't, didn't need to do that. Um, you don't need to pay me. And he's like, ah, father, money talks, you know what they say. And, as he's getting back into bed, I can see every one of his vertebrae. <laughs> I said, anyway, Tony, you know, you shouldn't show me where your money is because I can come back and rob you. And he, without saying anything, kneels down and just starts like rooting under his bed. And I can see him like pulling out slippers and stuff from under his bed. And again, he's in his tidy whities like 80 pounds, sopping wet. And, uh, he pulls out a black revolver from under his bed <laughs> <laughs> and then says to me, and then puts it on his bedside table and he goes, see, now if you come back, I'm going to get you. <laughs> and just when I said black revolver, the entire church at his funeral, like the roof almost blew off because yeah. everybody knew this guy, you know, yeah. he was a cop. And of course he had a gun under his bed. Yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> it was... It was a funny experience, and but also it was so him to like joke in the face of death. Hmm. It was so it was such a like he is a pious Catholic guy who really believes in heaven hmm. and can joke in the face of death. It's pretty cool. Hmm. Good old Tony. God bless him. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Hmm. Had I told that story on, on the cast before? I've heard it, but I don't know if it was on the cast. Yeah, I have. I've heard that story as well. Oh, bummer. <clears throat> I don't know. 
Megan, can you look? Megan, can you check that? Come back in the notes. (laughs) Maybe we've been doing this for so long, we can start repeating stories and nobody will know. That's true. Uh, It's one of my great stories. It was one that I laughed hard at too, which is nice. (laughs) Yeah. When it happened. No, I think that's uh, (laughs) the, the times that I... I do because I don't like joking in the homily, but I also do like I don't like um, kind of like corny, um, mm. forced laugh type stuff. Um, yeah, I'm, I would I would just never do that. I know some priests that like set up every homily with a joke <clears throat> and they're awesome priests. And like even their homilies, they end up being pretty awesome. But they're like Irish or they have mm-hmm. this like different charism to them that they can do that but that is just not my thing and uh you know like rob you it's interesting your response if you if you have a setup that doesn't go the way that you think it's gonna go then your response is to like lock down and double down on the cling script. to the notes yeah yeah like we're just gonna power through this thing it's mine it over with yeah and i'll I'll kind of dodge around it because I'll write it out, but I'll just have like a set of notes that I kind of follow as I'm going. But I can feel myself clamp down and then get really sharp and crisp. Hmm. And I'm not attached to the note, but it's like, oh, you're not going to be open <laughs> to me? <laughs> well, I'm not going to be open to you. <laughs> and I just clamp down. <laughs> and then I just get really businesslike. And, mm-hmm. and I, it's not so much catechetical, but it's... <clears throat> I find when I am most like natural and enjoying myself is when there's like a responsiveness between myself and the people um, that I feel very comfortable to just be open. And then it's, it's not like stream of consciousness, but if you've prayed with this stuff and you have some sort of a structure and you've thought about it, then things can flow much more freely. Mm. And when I don't get that, my response is it's a clamp down, but it kind of in a different way <laughs> and it becomes much more like mm. uh, didactic. Like, I don't care how you're going to respond. I'm going to say these things and we're going to get it over with. Yeah. My That's thing cool. is it's weird. It's like if I sense that people are not receptive, I start like, I feel like I'm ranting and it's even happens if I feel like I'm, I'm not making the point the way I want to, like I'm insecure about like this idea that I have and it's not connecting right. And I'll, I, it sound, I feel like I'm sounding defensive because I'm like yelling at you, like, why aren't you getting this? <laughs> and I do this in conversation too, but you may have noticed uh, if I'm like highly opinionated about something, but I'm not also that sure that I'm right about it. I'll just, I'll just talk and talk and be and like external. And what I'm doing is like basically externally processing. But um, it comes off. And I remember Bartosic, Bishop Mark Bartosic, then Father Mark, when he was my internship pastor, I used to give the reflection at like one daily hum, one daily mass a week when I was there as an intern. And um, I'd write them out and just read them very calmly. And there was one school mass and I wanted to do it not like kids don't want to hear you read a script to them. So I was going to do it more extemporaneous. And, but I had notes and everything. And uh yeah, he's, it was the whole school was there, like 200, 250 kids. And he just sat in the back and the, the associate said the mass and I, I preached. And afterwards, his feedback was like, it didn't seem like you. It seemed like you were yelling. 
<laughs> it's like mm. I felt like I was yelling. I was glad I was glad to have that feedback because I'm like, mm. why does it feel like I'm tense? Like you're clamping down thing. Mm. That's my experience is when I'm insecure, it's like I'm I start arguing with the crowd instead of just like, here's this thing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you're not getting it <laughs> who said that i who, i talk to the customers so the engineers don't have to <laughs> <laughs> dang dude that's, that's man i really hope megan i really that. hope that you can pull that uh that movie reference right there i will be very <laughs> well, impressed. if you just google I'm, that you'll find it oh i'm gonna look at the show notes and see if it's there i believe in you megan man <clears throat> Melvin, i don't know I that's interesting like... on a lot of levels this is a step back from it but honestly man it makes me very think laughter is a fascinating thing hmm. i mean even like we're kind of talking about the like our response preaching to it or the response of a crowd you know but it is a very very interesting thing this all started I mean, with second city yeah man second yeah. city no, it's yeah. interesting. I, I remember the, uh, it takes me back. We're talking about old podcasts here and stories that we may have told, but I think it was in an old, old podcast. Megan, check this if you can. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and it was a, it was a just total seminarian conversation. Like it, it, somebody had floated making the argument that, and I don't even remember the, the premise of it, but because of Jesus's divinity, he never laughed mm. like in, in his life. And we talked about it at some point. Cause I remember, I still remember your response bisque of like, you said, not only do I disagree with that, I think that might be evil. Like <laughs> not, not in, not in like thinking or believe, you know, the, mm. to the person, but just that whole notion of like what a gift laughter mm. is. So just the thought that like Jesus wouldn't laugh is it's crazy. Oh, yeah, it's demonic. It is. Yep. <laughs> that, no, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. But, man. That's good. Well, I, I think, don't call me out on this, but uh, Thomas Aquinas called human beings the risible animal. And I don't know if he meant that that was like the thing that made us different than the animals was that we laugh. But that's what risible means is like we, we find humor in things. Hmm. No other animal does. No other animal looks at the totality of things and like compares to, you know, situations and or finds anything absurd like like a squirrel like i can laugh at a squirrel just because it's ridiculous but it's just doing what it its instincts tell him to do it no other squirrels laughing at the squirrel being like you look like a dummy right now um but that's so it's something so essential to being human is that and it has to do with our spiritual uh souls that spirit being the ability to relate to the totality of being um, so we don't just in, inhabit an environment like a squirrel does where it's like all that there is, is either things that I need to die, need to eat so that I don't die or things that might eat me that will kill me. And like, I'm just relating to the things that are relevant to my needs, but human beings can just sit back and look at everything and be like, why is anything here? What's the deal with airline food? You know, um, <laughs> that's why we can have a sense of humor is because we can look at everything at once, you know? Um, you said something actually, Rob, a couple of weeks ago or whenever we last cast it or when we were talking about the parousia or something or the apocalypse when everything is revealed and everything comes to light. 
and like what really matters is what abides and everything that doesn't passes away. And you said, I think it'll be funny. And that's stuck, really stuck with me. Like, A, that's a very Rob Johnson response, but B, it's mm-hmm. um, really just lucid. Like, yeah, we are ridiculous. Like if you look at our lives and the things that we get hung up on and we get the perspective of eternity for a minute, we'll just laugh at ourselves. We'll think, and, and if you can't, I think, were you talking about it? Was it a Lewis thing? Like if you can't, yeah, the screw tape mm-hmm. that um, if you can, as long as you have a sense of humor about yourself, you're pretty safe. It's uh, the demons are strategizing. I'm, <clears throat> I'm not as fresh on it now, but one of the things that they have to do is like dampen the, the patient's sense of humor in screw tape because in a sense, what they're trying to do is make the person prideful about their humility. Mm-hmm. And so once a person is truly growing in humility, the only move of the evil one is to make them prideful that they're humble. But yeah. Lewis's insight is that the demons would have to also suppress a sense of humor hmm. because it's funny. And so the, ga- the game is up as soon as, as soon as the person realizes that it's funny. Yeah. Hmm. You know, and it's also interesting that a lot of, a lot of comedians are self-deprecating humor, you know, mm-hmm. like Jim Gaffigan and this guy, Neil Barget. I think it's Neil or Nate, Nate Bargetti, who's hysterical. Yeah, he is very um, funny. Tells very good. the stories of, that make him sound ridiculous. And <clears throat> yeah, that's some of the humor we like the best is when you don't take yourself very seriously. Mm. You know, but somebody that comes in and is like, I know everything like Bill Maher. I don't find him funny at all because he thinks he's amazing <laughs> and he doesn't seem to have any sense of humor about himself. He just makes fun of everybody else. Yeah, that is a good insight. Hmm. I do. I mean, thinking about, especially the the evenings that we would spend on the cam and some of those formative years and um, <laughs> like truly like some, some of the biggest laughs and um, <laughs> I, I, I would just take so much joy and Rob, getting you to really crack. I, I love that. <laughs> Connor's gotten you a couple of times tonight. I can, it's funny. I, I enjoy, you enjoy watching it as well. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. laughter is also contagious. That's an interesting thing. But um, there's a couple of people that I would love watching break. Like a big, big Adam Wilzak. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh. Gosh, I loved it. Yeah, I absolutely I was loved die. it. He would just chortle and you just kind of see him. Like when, <laughs> when you'd see him start leaning, you know, like yeah. he's like a yeah, tree yeah, yeah. about to fall down. On the couch, golly, it's a, it's a, honestly, it's a pretty special thing to see that. Like, mm. it's really a, a revelation of the person when you, when you get to watch them like deep, deep belly laugh. Um, there's a couple of videos of my mom that I'll go back and watch, and it, I don't even, she's not even in the video. I can't see her, but there's one in particular of my two nephews, and they're racing down a slide, and one of them, I don't know, he's just. He's always been kind of like just a chunky baby and he's just takes himself really seriously. And, uh, he's just, he's got the body of a Greek God. I don't know how else to say that. All right. He's just this beautiful man child and he's maybe like one or two and they're racing down the slide and he, he goes to slide, slide down and 
he can't keep his weight up. And so he immediately plops back and it's just like flopping down the slide as he goes. <laughs> but the whole video that I watch is my mom in an in increase in laughter as they go. She starts laughing and then he hits back <laughs> and it just like gets deeper and deeper. Mm. And I've gone back and listened to it a couple of times wow. just to watch, just to hear, hear that. Yeah. Um, like that level of laughter is that's wonderful. It is. It mm. yeah. It's really beautiful. That reminds me of a story actually. Uh, one of the talks at IPF last year is just about like beloved son identity and this priest, um, Father Paul, forgetting his last name, but he's on faculty. He was telling stories about his dad before he died, and um, after his, after his dad died, he he got all these Super Eight films um that his dad would be at every family event would have the super eight camera which is the one that has no sound you know it was like one of the first handheld um home cameras and he found all these reels and stuff and he digitized them and like edited them for his brothers and sisters to all and his mom to kind of like see this record of their growing up and whatnot and the way his, his dad kind of observed it all and he found a couple of videos like one that one that really struck him was it was at some camp that they used to go to and it was a similar kind of slide thing making dad laugh mm -hmm. but it was from the like perspective of a silent handheld camera and he can just see it's like all these you know 10 11 12 year old kids on this slide where they get like kind of launched you know into the lake it's like mm -hmm. one of these like hills with the slip and slide and you get launched into the lake and he was this gangly spindly little kid and he can see that the camera's focused right on him like up at the top of the slide and like all these kids are going down and it's just like on him and it's following him all the way down and as he gets launched he just kind of like splays out like goofy in that ski jump cartoon and <laughs> he's like as soon as he kind of like tumbles into the lake the camera just starts shaking uncontrollably which he can tell it's because his dad is laughing yeah um so it just like that how how blessed he was by that and he like goes back to that memory, that video to just know that his dad was delighting in him. Like he was focusing in on him. That's my son. And I'm laughing at how funny he is. Yeah. You know, um, it's pretty cool. Your, yeah. your mom laughing at her grand, was it your nephew, her grandson? It, it would be her, her grandsons. Yeah. 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 It was, it's a very beautiful. Just to be enjoyed that yeah. way. Oh my gosh. And, and to see somebody that, so it's like to express, to have somebody's capacity to enjoy another person expressed in a way like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's like deeper than words, you know? And I think it's partially because we know it is um, an authentic response to something. Mm -hmm. And if it's, if it comes out in an expression where it's not at you, but it's really like in you and for you and with you, like what there's nothing more delightful than that mm -hmm. than to be just totally enjoyed in in this way that one you, of my like, students really made me laugh today he goes <laughs> we were talking he served the mass and had this we started talking about names and how his, his name is fidel jesus which means faithful to jesus and how he used to not like his name when he was growing up because it was long and people didn't have names like that and he started pray praying with his name and like really appreciating that that's what his father named him. And um, 
you know, so it was kind of a touching thing, like right after mass in the sacristy, we're having this conversation. I was like, yeah, it's pretty, that's pretty cool, man. And then mm. in his cassock, he just goes, yep. It says the kids say, neato. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most ridiculous way to end that conversation because it was just like we were looking for he needed to go like get the chalice and book and stuff. (laughs) Needed to end it. Yep. Neato, as the kids say. And he left me in there. I was like doubled over laughing because now the sacristy door is open and there's people praying in the chapel. So I'm like quietly heaving. Um, Quietly heaving. Yes, so I think there's something very, very delightful about delighting in someone and then also having them, yeah, like spontaneously react. Like I am, I enjoyed your joke. I enjoyed what you just said. There's something about it that's like a cool marker of I don't know, just like a shared human experience in a way. I've even just and I got, I'll have to take time to reflect on this more. But I and I I wouldn't have put words on this before, but usually when. I preach a funeral homily, which I do a fair amount of like one of the things that I'll, I usually try to get in there, not as like a teaching device or anything like that. I just think it's a relatively important thing to to say is like, it's important not to canonize the person hmm. and, and to like, remember them as they are. It's the whole notion of like, Hey, we're here to pray for them at the funeral. This isn't a celebration of life, all of, all of that, but trying to get that in, in a way that's receivable like to the people in front of you. But I've actually found that if there's a way to work in humor about mm-hmm. the person and not at the person's ex- expense, of course, but like if you visit with the family or read something in the obituary that you know, like can get people laughing, then mm. it's so much more receivable for them mm. yeah, to totally. hear. Totally. Like, oh yeah, actually they weren't perfect, which mm-hmm. would... I think be at least the like a foundational thing to like desire a savior, you know, because yeah. you have people some from so many walks like coming to two funerals. Um, so it's a, it's an interesting marker like in the human experience, and I think is a yeah. I don't know if I've shared. I think I've told you guys, but um, there was a moment that I'm thinking of. It was when I was on that um, backpacking trip in in the spring. And it was with a group of, of focused missionary gals. And so we had gone through this week together. Um, and it was one of, honestly, probably the biggest like effective movements in in my own heart for the past like year or so. But it was, I think it was the last night we were together and we were camping in in Utah. And I would I would go to bed early and they would like stay up and play games and laugh and everything like that. But the the last evening. I was over by my tent reading and the sun was going down and they were playing yeah some some game but they were just like and I I say this like very lovingly but they were like giggling and giddy and and just like laughing with each other and there's just this sense of like hey clearly because of that it was a marker that there was a certain felt like safety Hmm. there and and trust and just like being able to be together in that way and so i don't know it's just this cool moment for me of like yeah this is how this little moment like this little echo in time is is how we're created to be here Mm -hmm. um which was yeah it's really really cool to reflect on 
Yeah. Yeah, and I've also felt it <clears throat> in the in the flip sense where um like the the importance of of having an interaction that's jovial um means like where both people are enjoying it where I'm saying something to you from my heart. I guess it doesn't always have to be from your heart, but you're also receiving it in the way that I intend to communicate it. And so now we're sharing in something that's what we both find. a it, It's connecting us. There's a connection there. Well, the, like when that doesn't happen, which I think is also part of what we're talking about with the homily thing. Mm. Like I just dropped this hilarious bomb and it's just <laughs> decimated. Like nothing, nobody <laughs> is living down there. Yeah that there's a real feel of alienation that like, Oh, we're actually not on. Yeah. You don't get, we're me. not connecting. Right. Yeah. We're, we're not on the same page here. And, um, it, it came, it's kind of the, the funeral point that you made, Rob made me think of this, that I remember I went to a, it was a very sad funeral. It was a, a young guy that died and, um, just really tragic circumstances. And, um, it was pretty clear that his life had kind of been deteriorating for a little while and <clears throat> it manifested itself in his relationships. And so the people that showed up to his funeral, um, I was close with his family, but they were just like a bunch of probably mm-hmm. dudes that would look at me and go, how's Mormonism treating you? <laughs> right. Like, like that type of dude. And they got up at the, it wasn't the wake. It was after the funeral. So it must've just been like a reception. And they were dying to tell funny stories about him because mm. there is something good and important about that. And <clears throat> the stories were so sad, but it was like their idea of how funny this guy mm. was or how funny these experiences were. And they were, um, I don't think they had known him for very long, but they were just like, because it was missing the mark so bad, and they were such sad stories, but they found them. They were like, these are the highlight moments of his life. Wow. And mm. it made the moment extra tragic. Yeah. Um, and they were so longing to like tell a funny drinking story. And it was just like, oh my gosh, this is even more tragic than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like the humor, it the opposite is true that when you do miss the mark, I think it's even more deeply felt. Well, when laughter becomes, I noticed this in the, in the passion of the Christ, when all the, the Roman soldiers are laughing through the entire thing, when they're whipping Jesus and, hmm. um, Oh, I find them so obnoxious. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that that yeah. laughter when it just becomes like everything is a joke and nothing is serious. Um, Oh man, your laughter is powerful because there's also the scene when Judas is going kind of crazy and oh, and the children are laughing at him. Kids are laughing at him. Like what a weapon Mm -hmm. that can be as well. Yeah, Yeah, if you feel like made to feel ridiculous and people are laughing at you. Yeah, goodness, that reminds me of the only time I've ever shushed anybody in a movie theater. Did I tell that? I was there. I was there. No, remind me. Oh, it was not good, man. Even though it was important, and I, if I went back, I would do the same thing. You had to do it. <laughs> it was, we were watching A Quiet Place. Mm-hmm. I had never seen it before. We spent like 20 bucks on these awesome seat, uh, these movie tickets. And these, these high school gals were next to us. <laughs> and they were clearly terrified. Mm-hmm. And I was too. But I was holding in my laughter, in my screams. And they were <laughs> laughing at the whole movie. And the yeah. whole movie's silent. 
And so it plays right. on the buildup and like she steps on a nail and it like plunges through her foot and they like, they're laughing. Oh my gosh. So, so I, I know, dude, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And so I leaned down and I said, Hey guys. <laughs> and I leaned over and was like, Oh my gosh, I'm that guy. Yeah. This is how old I am. I'm shushing people at movie theaters. I remember witnessing that. It was an amazing moment. But the laugh just, it was like so not. Yeah. yeah. It, it was so out of place. <clears throat> yeah. I shushed somebody mm-hmm. at a stand-up comedy show. Behind me, there was these three dudes that every single thing that comedian said, they had to be like, yeah, this is... And like make their own meta joke on top of it that weren't funny at all. And they were all just posturing and like, look at how cool a guy I am that I'm just like freaking unaware of my surroundings <laughs> and uh i just had it after like five minutes I'm like i paid money to come see this comedian live and you're gonna ruin the entire show yeah. so i just turned back and i'm like guys can you not talk and they're just like like it just jarred them enough to be like oh yeah like people are here forgot about that like <laughs> <laughs> kidding me <sighs> i did i tried to be as gentle as i could i yeah, i know they the didn't mean <laughs> right i you know, said, ladies, if you don't mind, I'm trying to watch a movie. It's you can cram like it. A quiet place. Yeah. <laughs> mm. well, well, hey, guys, it's, it's pretty dang late over here for you. Yeah, me. I'm tired. Yeah. Well, it's been good. It's Glad been that fun. we're able to do this. We'll do it again soon. Hey, lots of laughs. LOL. LOLs. <laughs> lots of LOLs. Was that right. was that your story that a mom after yes. like hearing about a tragedy and she thought it meant she lots got, of love. Yep. So she texted LOL. Oh yeah. my friend's dog just died. Oh my MG LOL. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. All right. Lots of love. Talk to you guys in a month. Lots of yeah, love. That's right. Yeah. LOL. Follow three dogs north on Instagram. Three Dogs North are Juice, Seabisk, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. Good girl.